Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, 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 welcome. This is Ken Rashan on Amplified, our Voice America Influencer Channel. And so excited about a great guest we have today, Dr. Ted Sutton, celebrating an amazing holiday, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. How are you, Andrea? I'm wonderful. I'm really excited because we have some new people that are doing stories for the Dose of Hope. Oh, I left my Dose of Hope downstairs. Can you hold up yours? No. (laughs) No, I love it. Uh. (laughs) And actually, it's not really a dose until you get both of them together. So (laughs) there's one and there's two. Very exciting. Boom. And dose three is on its way because you can never have enough doses of hope. Nope. Make sure that you are inoculated from the negativity in the world so that you can have happy, wonderful things happening for all of you. That's certainly what we're all about here. Uh, super excited about the things that are happening for us. Well, we had a great uh, model shoot with Alchemy Designs by Brie yesterday. And she had four, well, she had about 30 models show up, but she had about four of them that had amazing stories and are going to be playing a part in the third part of Dose of Hope. And uh, Dr. Ted Sutton's brother, Dr. Stafford Sutton, are both going to be joining in the Dose of Hope. So we got some really cool stories coming in. Definitely some super exciting things going on. I'm very excited about what's happening in our world. It just makes me feel really good and joyous. I mean, what a great way to start out the new year, huh? Exactly. <laughs> so All we right, should well, probably thank our th- sponsors huh i think it's always a good idea i mean without sponsors <laughs> sometimes things don't happen well i wanted to make sure that we were going live here on facebook so i got everything attached and ready to go and we want to thank our featured sponsor opus.finance opus.finance will have a new website for you guys to go to soon it's called bees.social b-e-e-s dot social and that'll be where you can learn where all the activity and the hubbub is going on in the hive where um, opus.finance is about a global technology a crypto technology enough is enough for the people by the people um, helping people have a globalized uh, system decentralized system for themselves and their finances and we want to thank the umbrella syndicate the red carpet connection voice america influencers channel perfect publishing and big events usa and we want to remind everyone that our charity of choice is the keep smiling movement the keep smiling movement and this year we have big things we're up to big things we're going to be printing a thousand stories this year so if you have a great inspirational story that you think the world needs to hear then reach out to us for more details uh, soon. We're also looking for someone to help us, to volunteer to help us do a really great, build a wonderful website so that we can start taking these stories and create a systemization even better than what we have today. Uh, Ken, as you guys may or may not have known, uh, produced those two books. He's our co-founder and uh, got those two doses of hope out. Uh, That's 200 stories of really great hope and inspiration for everyone. And number three is on the way. So let's do a whole bunch of them. What'd you call it? A tower of hope? 
<laughs> I guess it would be. <laughs> and if it gets high enough, it would be a leaning tower of hope. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to be quite big. <laughs> and uh, would you like me to go ahead and introduce our guest today? Well, I mean, you had a, a pretty interesting week last week. Why don't you share about how some dentists made a difference? Because, you know, dentists are not just our friends to smiles, but they're also our friends to our foundation because we are partnering with dentists to include their heroic uh, actions that change people's lives. Because if you can't smile, it kind of takes the humanity out of your ability to express your joy and also connect with people. Well, thank you. Yes, uh, Dr. Fakari uh, met with me this last week. I was supposed to, on Friday, have um, a pretty advanced surgery uh, for a crazy situation that's going on inside of my face. So um, what had happened is I had some kind of uh, long-term infection that had been going on for years that actually ate away part of the bone in the middle of my face. So that part of my jaw is missing, upper palate, and part of my nose. So while I look fine, um, apparently if I took a good push to the face, it could possibly cave in, and that my teeth are actually just floating in my gum line. So they were going to well, do six cadavers. Well, the fact that this uh, hole is as big as a bowling ball actually is very hard to even conceptualize. Right, as big as a bowling ball, but thank you. I'd like to think my head's about that size, but thank you for thinking that my head is hollow, <laughs> but at least just this part is. And um, uh, Ken very graciously um, went with me and took me uh, to my surgical procedure, and we took a picture with Dr. Fakari beforehand um, and, you know, made sure we got his keep smiling card and a picture of me and him together. Um, we did find out once we got in there, because the infection had been so advanced, that um, they were hoping to do the bone graft. And at this point, they didn't feel um, as confident uh, with that taking and it could cause even more complications later. So they did some fun cleaning out of my face and everything from, you know, um, cauterizing to, I swear to God, it, it smelled like bleach. I don't know what kind of cleaner they put up there, but rotor well, rooted you... out my face. And uh, I'm uh, still doing good. And we're just going to try some alternative uh, treatments, get the bone growth uh, being healthy. Everybody's prayers and wishes uh, certainly helped. And then we'll relook at doing the surgery in six months. So, yeah. Very good. So why don't you give a shout out to the other dentists that um, were part of the story? Dr. Levy. Oh, uh, doc, Dr. Levy was the first dentist, so they created his office created an emergency appointment for me. Um, so I drove all night the week before so I could make that appointment because that was so kind of them to create that opportunity for me. And then Dr. Fakari's partner, um, I believe it's Alman um, Elman. I, I might be saying it wrong. Is there a doctor um, Dr. Uh, oh, um, Dr. It's Dr. Fine's office. Um, it's his office, but Dr. Elman is the one who saw me, and Dr. Fakar, Dr. Um, and then Dr. Fakari is the one who was going to do the major. And surgery, Dr. Levy's so. uh, practices named Smiles. Yes, it has smiles in the. Let, let me look it up. Um, Dr. Fakari's office is called Advanced Root Canal Specialists. Uh, um, Not so as smiley super. as Dr. Levy's, and also. Not as smiley. And yeah. also, her friend, their friend next door, had a smile. Uh, smile name too. Uh, yes. Um, so the Ellicott 
um, City Smile Care um, was uh, one of the places that we were able to be seen. So Ellicott City Smile Care was super fun to see with Dr. Levy. And then the Smiles MD um, is the place next door. And I'm going to have to look up her name as well. But she was so fun to do a little fun shoot with us. And, uh, and she we had smile pillows all over with her. her. She had smile puzzles. Yeah, that was so fun. Um, wow. And these are all people that are in uh, Ken's uh, neck of the woods. So that was certainly fun uh, to go there and hang out with MD Smiles. And I'm not finding her name right now. Well, don't worry about that. But if you have a dentist that's in your area that you want to give a shout out to, we would like to make all these books have an additional part of the story at the back of the book that just gives a shout out to a dentist that's helping create smiles in the world and changing people's lives. So... Open Dr. Invitation. Jennifer Sokolsky. Well, let's bring in Dr. The one Ted. who had the pillows. <laughs> so yes, please let all your dentists know that we would love to have their smiles showing up in the world with us. So a little bit about our uh, guest today, Dr. Ted Sutton. Let me go ahead and pull him up uh, first so you guys can see who we're talking about while we're uh, doing this. Uh, hold on just a moment. I've got a, um, my thing is being weird with for me. And uh, this is super exciting to have Ted on. Dr. Ted, we met. Uh, Ken, why don't you say how we met him first? Oh, wait, I got it pulled up. All right. So Dr. Sutton is a native of Baltimore, Maryland. And during his life in the streets, he was known as Crazy Ted. And he was affiliated <laughs> with the characters of the HBO television drama, The Wire. And he's um, all about the perils of street life in Baltimore. Oh, we're getting a little bit of feedback. So Dr. Ted, if we could have you mute yourself for a second. No, he's making the crazy sound for... Oh, is he he's making dead. the crazy Yeah, he's making the crazy sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so um, so much of his life was featured in uh, BET's documentary series, American Gangster. Um, super exciting. But he's really done some amazing things, and his parents were civil uh, rights uh, movement uh, leaders, and has just had a fantastic life of you know, literally from crazy to amazing and awesome and how he leads other people all over the world. So, Dr. Ted, welcome to the program. Welcome, welcome. I appreciate you, uh, the invite. You well, know. before we get too far along, Ted, there's a person I do want to acknowledge because we know each other because of your brother, Stafford. Right. And uh, I always get amazed when it takes seven years for a conversation to turn into all these <laughs> actions. we got so many actions happening. So, and also thank you for participating in the dose of hope. I think your story is not just exceptional. I think it's going to awaken a lot of people to say, if he can do this, I can be a superhero too. So that's, yes, uh, that's yes. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's funny you say that because when I meet some people that I used to uh, deal with, or that used to know me back in the day, I call it shock therapy. And I say, <laughs> cause first they're shocked then we can start with the therapy. And so it's, uh, it's really something because my brother and I, we really were, were just a total different uh, ends of the spectrum. And so it's, it's the craziest thing because literally when I was in the streets and kind of like going through uh, my journey, uh, trial by fire, I would say, um, my brother was actually working for uh, Kurt Smoke at the, at the state's attorney's office. So I, I thought that that was uh, really something. But uh, having, uh, you know, uh, coming from a family that was deeply rooted in the civil rights movement, I think that's why it's so significant that on uh, the Martin Luther King uh, celebration, as we celebrate that, that, you know, I'm able to even bring up the history, you know, as far as, uh, you know, my parents and different things of that nature. And so, uh, like, my grandfather was one of the people that was called the Ministers for Defense 
that actually fought against the Klan as people were going into church, uh, you know, together and different things of that nature. My father was an organizer for Dr. King uh, at Southern and Gramlin University. And my mother, she actually worked for Mega Evans, uh, you know, um, during the civil rights movement and was actually in the copy room when he was assassinated that night in Jackson uh, State, uh, Mississippi. And so, you know, with that being said, uh, they moved from the South to Philadelphia and then they moved from Philadelphia to Baltimore. And that's where I was born. And having good parents, my father pastored two churches, helped open up two schools. My mother, a principal of a, of a school, uh, of an elementary school, actually. And uh, But I was their middle child that ended up getting hooked up with one of the roughest groups that was in the city. So, so Ted, before you go too much farther into that, uh, let's, uh, Ken and I have some more questions about, you know, like your parents and what they were doing. We've got plenty of time here. Okay, so we can good. really share more of your story and what they're doing. Ken, was there some things that specifically that you wanted to ask about his parents and the movement? There are so many specific things I want to ask you, Ted. There's so <laughs> many specific things. <laughs> so we can, we can start off with what was child. I mean, I know you were basically going that direction, but we're going we're gonna to circle back a little bit. So in, in a nutshell, before we go to your childhood or what it was like to be in Baltimore, um, what does this holiday mean to you? Oh, man, um, th- to be honest with you, it's so significant. And if people really understood the time period that we're in right now, just this specific year, this specific you know, time period, and I mean, I think that if any time that people needed hope, this would be the moment right now. I don't think that we have ever had a time period that the people have seen such uh, 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 tragedy and such so many different things going on at this time with uh, the, the movements, with the George Floyd you know, situation, with the economical situation, uh, with COVID. And I, I really feel that uh, with, with people relapsing from drugs and alcohol right now, they said that's up with people that uh, suicide has been up. And uh, I really feel that people need, a, like you said, a dose of hope. They need a, a shot in the arm. They need to be vaccinated from, you know, uh, the tragedies that's been going on right now. And so and to celebrate this day, uh, I see this as a pivotal uh, moment, a fork in the road, meaning that this is we have to take this moment and and move forward, you know, with with trying to make change in lives and different things. So so this is very significant to have my father, who is just celebrated his 83rd birthday and he's still here to see, you know, what's going on. I think that we have to keep the movement going on. Well, this is not just a dose of hope shot in the arm it's a shot in the heart it's a shot in the head it's a shot in the narrative it's a shot yes. in the mouth because yes. i think i think that this is a mindset issue is that we do not have enough love in this world right now and it's yes. really it's causing these problems that we see in baltimore for instance so yes. i want to ask you you have two amazing parents this is a, this is perplexing for me you got caught up in gangs was there anything your mom and dad could have done to differently i mean i know that you're a a bigger and better person because what you overcame, but is there a way you didn't have to go through that because your parents were so great? Well, well, to be honest with you, I had amazing parents. So, and I won't say that they were perfect, but to me, they're as close as perfect you can get to. And so, but with that being said, um, I think that 
I, I kind of slipped through the cracks, I would say. And, uh, and when I say that, meaning my parents were literally saving the world, you know, I mean, so every day my father, you know, he, he also worked at uh, social security and, uh, uh, dealing with, um, uh, race issues and different things of that nature. As far as with that, my mother also was a first lady to two churches and she was, and, and what I saw is them constantly giving away food, constantly helping other people, constantly being, you know, at other places. And at the time, I wanted them to just not be a superhero. I wanted them to be, you know, kind of like my parent that's, you know, going on my field trips and going, coming to see me play basketball. And they, a lot of times, they, their time was being pulled in other places. And I think that they felt that, you know, you know, he has food, he has shelter, you know, uh, we're taking him to church every Sunday. So I, he's, he's good. And really what I realized at a young age is that, um, Adults couldn't protect me. And when I say that, meaning when I had good parents that went to work and went to church, but on my way to school, they couldn't protect me. On my way home from school, they definitely couldn't protect me, and they, and they couldn't protect me even in school. And so realizing uh, that I only saw predator and prey, and I saw people getting stuffed in lockers, to me, you know, that person being stuffed didn't look too comfortable. And so I didn't want to be the 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 the, the stuffy. If I was going to be somebody, I, I wanted to, I chose to be the stuffer. And so I was just like I'm. I know that my parents came from the south and they had that mentality: don't mess with anybody, and nobody will mess with you. But in reality, that was not the case. And so I ended up actually having to to do that, pull back from that whole situation, and uh, and then that my my journey just started with with some guys that tried to take my butter crunch cookies off of my tray during uh middle school and uh i stood up against them and and i told them you can't have it and and i really kind of acted a little crazy on them and um i ended up instead of them beating me to a pulp or trying to harm me they said man we like this guy his his he's he either is crazy or he doesn't know who we are really i didn't know who they were all I knew is it's seven guys that standing in front of me and I'm not going to let them take my cookies. And that was just how it was. And from that, it, they allowed me to hang with them. And I was more of an introvert, you know. And so to have people that wanted me around, to have people that, that you know, it's like, man, we, we like this guy, you know what I'm saying? Because he, 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 he can get crazy if he has to. And uh, so with that whole situation, it just opened up doors to an entire new journey. That's pretty complex because I always look at problems and solutions as a numbers game. For instance, you'd mentioned earlier that your parents were so busy saving the world, they didn't know they needed to spend maybe a little more time to save you. But in essence, they're not going to be in the cafeteria with you. And But the more right. time they spend with you, the more you may have been in a, a better confidence level to make a decision, no, this isn't right. This is not how my mom and dad would want me to connect with other people. But then on the other side, they could be crazy enough that you weren't connecting with them, that they take you out. Right. Right. So, so it's a very complex situation. Well, you know what was funny when you say, you know, that it was also numbers because I looked at it like this. I was spending about almost 12 hours a day with my peers mm -hmm. and I was spending maybe about three hours a day 
you know, saying with my parents. Right. At dinner time and seeing them a few minutes before they go to work and, you know, and then they had church. It seemed like they had church all the time. And so, you know, for me, you know, uh, uh, you know, I was it was more it became more significant to appease my peers as opposed to my parents. I and agree. so that was that was that. So when you talk about numbers, it really just became numbers. I'm around them a lot longer than I am around you, even though I know the significance of who you are. You know, this is my reality. This is my life. Well, I was looking at numbers the other day because this COVID pandemic is causing families to spend an inordinate amount of time together. They're working yes. from home. Their kids are home. And I think that this is one of the best blessings of all out of this pandemic, ironically, is my son gets to spend a lot of times that would have been missed. I mean, if he's gone for a chunk of eight hours, that's just gone. But if he's there at my house and he's doing school, every break I get to see him for 15, 20 minutes. And, and it's me seeing him, not some bad influence perhaps. So I wanted to talk about one other numbers game and then we'll kind of close, close this numbers conversation, at least right now. <laughs> We're going to talk about a part that you change. So if you look at um, a city and you have the worst people in the city, let's say here, okay? Mm-hmm. And they are causing so much trouble, you can cause a city like Baltimore to go to number one in murders, correct? Yes. Okay, so you're not you're not playing with the safe people down here that are just kind of passively causing problems. You go to the very top and you're taking out the top people and not taking them out from a standpoint of hurting them. You're taking them out of a conversation that's hurting them. You're Mm -hmm. getting them to actually think about what they're doing. So I applaud you because having the hard conversation with the the hardest person is going to cause a tidal wave, a tipping point of goodness. And that's why I wanted you on this program, because you are. You're really the biggest advocate for Baltimore's leadership, safety, positivity, and, of course, keep smiling. So I want to thank you and have you address that particular uh, importance of why you're talking to the top gang leaders. Yes. And, and you know, what? just uh, I'm glad you asked that question. And just to, to just real quick mention, you know, about what you were saying about the numbers, uh, you know, before and spending this time. Uh, this has really been a blessing for me to spend this time with my children and everything. I would have never imagined in a million years that my daughter could get me to do a TikTok, you know, <laughs> with the dance and, you know, and everybody. And, you know, and I, I think that so it's it's had the opportunity for me to see them different. And it's also had them a chance, had, they've had the chance to see me different. And in doing the work that I do, that's so necessary. I mean, because just to tell you how serious this work really is. Uh, a very uh, strong leader uh, named uh, Dante uh, Tata uh, Boxdale just was had his life taken on yesterday, and he was the he was one of the leaders of Safe Streets, and uh, he was he was in a, a rough area, and and people started to ask, you know, like man, this is actually dangerous, like meaning like this isn't just like a job, and, you know what I'm saying? And I know they say the Pope being a postman, you know, you you may have dogs chasing you or what. And they were just like saying, but but what you're doing, you're literally uh, interacting with people who may have taken lives and have a good chance that they might take a life. Yeah, and, and they don't and they don't value life like people that have a purpose. Right, right. You know, that, Ted, I actually I went into Baltimore for uh, Thanksgiving, probably a good five years, probably more like seven or eight years ago. And I did it every year. And about seven years ago, I had a really bad situation. I had all these people come around me and they said, what are you doing here? 
And I told mm. them why I was there. And that was the only reason they bought into it. And they said, okay, you're good. Go. But I, I had this feeling that if that wasn't the right answer, I don't know. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, you could have had a bad day. I get it. Yeah. You know, th- that, that, is, that is really something. But you know what? I, I think that for me, uh, I have to push past the pain because yeah. what I've realized is that if you could really get some of the ones who are at that risk of dying at that risk of they, they are at the, the edge of they may take someone's life that at the right time with the right words, you could change the trajectory of what was going to happen. And so, and I think I see that as being almost like a superhero. I see that as, as, as a, that's, that's one of my superpowers, you know, that I've been allowed to be able to, God has given me the, the right words to say and the right actions, you know, to say, and, and I've actually saved, some lives that, you know, where God has used me to be a person to be at the right place at the right time to say those words. And so it's, it's very significant as far as with that. Well, I want to acknowledge you for that, but I also want to acknowledge that you're creating these leaders that are having bad conversations that are making someone think they are cared about to do bad things and you're reversing it. So they are actually caring about someone doing good things. That's that's a big, that's a big pivot. That's a big I, I like how you put that, though. You really put that pretty good. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it, I, you know what? I think that people have to see their value. And the society normally is like, like they'll say, you know, yeah, pull your pants up, take your gold teeth out, uh, c- cut your hair, get a job. But no one normally is taking their hand and saying, look, you may not have ever filled out an application, but I want to show you that you really can do this. In fact, actually, a lot of guys from the streets, I use them with what I'm doing because I actually, I don't call them thugs or gangbangers. And you know what I call them? I, I came up with the name of urban specialists. And so I see them to be an urban specialist, meaning that that person that may have went to Harvard, that may have went to Yale, they may, they may know, have a lot of information, but you don't know how the drug scene works on this block right here. And so and this person doesn't know how gangbangers actually may do things, you know, in, in that in that trap house. And so yeah. I need an urban specialist to to be able to help me navigate getting in and getting out of certain situations. And we so we use each other. And by me having the past that I did, instead of it being a platform that ended up destroying me, it ended up being a platform for me to have a message of change. So people have to know that, you know, there's life beyond mistakes. And I think that that's what I try to represent. That's beautiful. You know, um, you're talking about a word choice or a, a, a word change that can change the identity someone has right. on themselves. And that's beautiful. And I, I, I want to share with you, no one knows this except for Andreas. So I'm going to share it open on the air because you just inspired me to share it. So the second version of this that's coming out is for your leaders of gangs that are going to change what hope means. And so the, wow. the next version is a black leather looking book and it has in gold letters, hope is dope. Oh man, I love that. And then guess what I'm doing with, you know, drug dealers have definitely a description that they're hurting society, right? Yeah. So we're taking the word drug out and we're putting hope in hope dealers. And that's anybody <laughs> who is doing a million dollars worth of commitment or change or causing donations or someone that is causing upwards of a million people to have an impact of hope. 
So those are very special people. Those are people like yourself, Ted, that you're in a life conversation that every day you are a hope dealer. Wow, that's deep. You know what? And what's so ironic about that? I, I think I got to a moment and I just said, you know what? I want to get a goal. And so I wanted to reach at least 10,000 people with a message. And when I started to, to do this, it, it turns out that I ended up reaching more than mm-hmm. 10,000. Exactly. And so, you know, and it was it so it was it became to it, it began to snowball, had that snowball effect. And I think that that's the same way that we have to use positive energy as opposed to negative energy with the same snowball effect. We, you know, and, and that, that each one teach one, that, that we, we're going to give, you know, to a person and pass it forward. And I think that people, once you see acts of, of, of change, because certain things can bring the best and the worst out of people, but we want to focus on trying to bring the best out of them. I want to get the best you. I want to get the best person, you know? And what I love about what you're doing, Ted, to re- go back to that, that number one leader of gangs, right. they have skills, they have intelligence, they have influence. And if it's just directed in the right way, that one person becomes a thousand. That one right, person becomes right, a thousand. Because right. they're not a follower that's one for one. They're a leader that could be one for a hundred or one for a thousand or one for a million. Yes. Yeah, they're so, just love- leaders that um, went, uh, they're really good at what they do. They just pick something that uh, didn't benefit the most and didn't, wasn't a well, positive. They so didn't have a mentor. Steer them in the said, right direction. Yeah. They didn't have a mentor that said, I care about you. I love you. Let's do something big with your life. And then them mm-hmm. saying that one person cares about me. I don't want to let them down and thus not let myself down. Mm hmm. Right, right, right. And I'm going to tell you how significant it really is. Uh, to be honest with you, when I was at the, the, the verge of whether I was going to go negative or go positive and things, uh, I was playing for a basketball team. And it was actually my basketball coach that pretty much set up the first crime that me and some of my younger friends ever really committed. And that was, uh, you know, and so, and I'm only mentioning that to really share, you know, that how a mentor could change the trajectory one way or the other. So I had someone that was, that was really, you know, he was street and he was negative. And sometimes you can only give what you have. And so he only thought street. He only thought in the pattern that I, I have to take or I have to steal or I have to, you know, uh, do something in a negative fashion. And though, but then when I ended up meeting some people that was on a total different level, you know, and it was like I had I had a guy say, OK, before you can change, I need for you to live. And you're doing some things that really, you know, could mean that you may not live too long. So I need for you to live. And so I, I saw the significance, you know, of that. And it, it was so, you know, important. Well, we're going to take the break because we got to get those sponsors uh, their love. And then we're going to come <laughs> right back and keep this conversation alive. All right. So a reminder, opus.finance, soon to be, bees.social, a globalized decentralized processing system with crypto technology because enough is enough for the people, by the people. And Big Events USA, Perfect Publishing, the red, excuse me, (laughs) the red carpet connection, the umbrella syndicate, and of course, Voice America Influencers Channel 
and our charity of choice, thekeepsmilingmovement.com, thekeepsmilingmovement.com. Help us spread a dose of hope all over the world by creating smiles. Visit the website, make a donation today, um, order your books, reach out to us to volunteer so that we can change the world. And we'll be back after these messages. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we are back for the second segment. The second run around the block with Dr. Ted. And I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Bree from Alchemy Designs by Bree. She did a wonderful job, had 30 models come to our studio, and they are becoming ambassadors for her, but also for the Keep Smiling movement. We had five of the ladies uh, share their stories, and they were just so inspiring. Um, if you know models in the D.C., Maryland area, or, uh, even Northern Virginia, please connect them to us. We are doing another model call after Valentine's, and we're making a special offer to Dr. Ted because he has some very inspirational leaders that have gone through, gone the distance and made a commitment to be a positive leader, giving hope to the world and making good decisions. So first of all, Ted, you mentioned how your family uh, was connecting with you during the pandemic. And yes. you've... you've You've learned stuff. You've got you've gotten a new way of feeling about them, what they're doing, and what you're doing for them, and how they're seeing your mission show up in the world. So I felt like there was a loss because we didn't say their name. So if you want to give a shout out to your kids, by all means, do so. Uh, well, just real quick, first I want to definitely give a shout out to my wife Lisa, who is a clinical social worker, and she works with at-risk teen moms, and she does some amazing work. In fact, actually, some children that she actually was mentoring, you know, were the ones that got us actually together because I was also mentoring them, you know, also. So, you know, I, I, I definitely got to give a shout out to her and uh, also my uh, daughter, Genesis, who is amazing. She's a singer. She plays uh, uh, the keyboard and different instruments. Um, you know, she's uh, definitely amazing. She's cut her first CD. She's 15. You know, my uh, son, Jeremiah who is a chef. He's also, he plays chess. I mean, he plays the bass guitar. He's doing some amazing things, you know, right now. He's also an excellent singer and, and can draw. And then my my little one, I, his nickname is Payback. And, uh, you know, he's a bundle of energy. Um, he plays the drums. He plays chess. 
and he has a big heart. But you know, he he's definitely you know my my uh, he keeps my prayer life my prayer life strong though. And uh, but they're all amazing. I love my family, and uh, it's 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 almost like a dream to be living on this side, you know, uh, and and living this to me. This is not the American dream. This is the world dream, you know, awesome. to, to 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 be able to just do this. Well, I hate coming back from this shout out that you're giving and being mad at you, but I am, as Tupac would say, I, I am really mad at you. I mean, I haven't met, I haven't met your family. You haven't brought your family in to get pictures with the key smiling movement. I mean, there's, they're doing such amazing things. We want to give them a bigger shout out than just a radio. We want to put them in a book. Okay. I mean, you, okay. We can and do that's that. a testament to your fatherhood and your leadership and your inspiration. So, you know, when you are as strong as you are, Ted, I think you'll agree. It's because your family is combining their energies for what you are doing and it's causing them to be great. I mean, it's such a synergistic win for everybody. Yes. Yes. It it really is. You know, it really is. I mean, there's a, there's a page. I think we can find a page in here. Look at this. There's a blank page. We can put your whole family in there. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. I would love that. And my my family, you know, they, they, they really, they mean everything, you know, uh, to me. And, um, you know, it's really funny. Um, just, just real quick. Um, I, I was up at about four in the morning and I was just praising. I was just clapping my hands, clapping my hands. My, my wife said, you waking the dog up, the <laughs> children up, you know, what is going on with you? It's like four in the morning. And I told her I'm praying. And she said, well, what, what are you praying for? And I said, what I'm praying is, is that if this is a dream, don't wake me. <laughs> I don't want to wake up for this, meaning I'm actually going around the country, going around the world, and I'm not in a coma because I got hit by a bullet. I'm not in a I'm not in a jail cell just dreaming that I'm going to South Africa and England and Jamaica and and I'm helping to change lives. Then people look at me in a good way as opposed to in fear. And, uh, you know, and, and I would say if this is a dream, I don't want to wake up from it. Well, I, I have a kind of funny, but a little bit of a similar story. About 2.30 a.m., um, I go downstairs in the kitchen, and I start, like, hitting my hands on the pans that they're above the <laughs> kitchen, and I'm hitting them, and it's causing some ruckus, and they're clanging and everything. My wife comes down. She goes, what the heck are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm praying that Ted is going to be all right. He's going to be on the show today. I'm so excited he's going to be on the show. And she <laughs> says, you better stop praying for Ted. I'm going to take one of his pans and pop it upside your head. Oh, so, no. Yeah, so – so I kind of feel what you were doing with the, the rejoicing. Now, was that a true story? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ted, my son does it. When I'm kidding with my son, I'll say something really outlandish. And my, and my son and I have this agreement that when he adds the word you promise, I have to tell the truth at that point. So you okay. did, did a you promise on me. So I had to tell you that I'm just made Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I love it, though. I know whether, whether it was or not, I'm telling you, it got a smile out of me. And yes, yeah. uh, growing up, I, I wasn't known to have a smile. And so that- when I can laugh, though, you know, I, 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 it makes me feel good because I don't always do that. So it's a blessing. You just brought up a great point. So, you know, not yeah. smiling for some people is I'm tough. Don't mess with me. I'm serious, right? Right, and, right. And, and it's something that sometimes is actually a survival type of look. Okay, sometimes. And mm-hmm. I remember when you came in the studio and you had the key smiling card for the first second. You weren't smiling. I go, um, you need to connect the smile <laughs> with right, the card. Right, and all, right, and all right. of a sudden you, you lit up and you got a beautiful smile, Ted. And I, I got to say, when, you're, when you are smiling, 
you are showing the world that you have lessons that you will welcome them in to take, teach those lessons. Whereas when you're not smiling, it's like, I'm going to teach you some stuff. It may be hard love and it's not getting that acceptance all the time, but I want you to talk about some of these leaders, these gang leaders that you have met because I was really most impressed. And the biggest reason I wanted you on the show for the full hour was you said, I don't want to talk to the easy ones. I want to talk to the ones that need my help the most that are the hardest ones to connect with. So can you talk about that? And also if they, uh, if it's not an issue and they've kind of graduated from what you were telling them and they're doing good things, please, by all means, give a shout out to them. Okay. I sure will. Well, well, you know what, what's funny is, is that, I think we had mentioned it before, a young man that I had mentored that is very well known was the singer Mario. And uh, and, and, and it, it, he seems so polished now, but people really don't know his journey wasn't always so easy. And uh, so he had gotten banned from church trips, going on church trips. And I had just never heard of that before, you know, and the, the person that used to give the youth trips. And then I started working with him and then I found out he actually could sing. And we started going in the studio and then the journey just went, you know, uh, just in an amazing way. And, uh, you know, and that's that's Mario, you know, uh, and uh, another young man is, uh, you know, like my godson. He's like a son to me. His name is uh, Brendan and uh, Brendan, who was actually in a gang called Sex, Money, Murder, the Bloods. And, he, you know, lost his father at a young age. And, you know, mother was, hey, he had some challenges with her and. You know, and I, he was put out of five schools and uh, I started working with him and I just love him so much. And, and um, he actually received the hometown hero for Baltimore a couple of years ago. And then he also received the most uh, outstanding um, uh, teacher at the uh, uh, for all charter schools for the state of Maryland. Well, and uh, one so, second, let me cut in real quick, Ted. You've used this word work with somebody. So you work with somebody. They're kind of a tough person to get in, get a conversation right. with. So can you talk about what that would sound like, what that would kind of experience so our audience understands working with somebody at that level? It's not like, hey, how are you doing? Let's uh, let's no. have some coffee. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So can you oh, talk no. a little bit about I, that? Well, well, just really the shorter version really is just like first I have to see when I'm working with the guys that I work with, I have to know what their street status is. So I need to know if somebody trying to kill you or are you, so are you in the midst of, you might have to try to kill someone because mm -hmm. of protection. And, you know, and then I have to see, are you in a, uh, a, a gang that you're just affiliated with, or are you with a, a gang that actually, you know, this is the real deal. And, uh, you know, and that's an official gang. And uh, so I have to really, you know, do my homework, you know, in fact, actually one of the statements I used to say when I was in the street, you know, do your homework before you test me. And so with that being something that I used to go by, I try to do my homework with with the ones that I work with because it can really become life threatening. And so as I do that, I try to help them connect with their children. I try to deal with their legal issues and then I try to really just get them to think on a different level. Because what I've realized for the young men that I deal with and young ladies, but mostly young men, you know, if I can get them to think on a long term basis as opposed to a short term basis, that's half the battle for me because the majority of them have not have not embraced that they may live to be 21 or that they may live to definitely be 30. And, you know, and so and, and even even with myself. 
you know, uh, the, the Rolling Stone magazine asked me, you know, about, you know, what was significant about me speaking some way. And I said, well, actually speaking at my high school where my principal placed a bet that I wouldn't make it to 21. And my counselor said I shouldn't attempt to go to college, you know, and I ended up being the keynote speaker at the same school. And so that was something that was key, you know, saying so that, that to be able to change. And I think that that's the part that I want to get them to see is that, you know, it, it, it is a possibility because if you don't think you're going to live past 20 or make it to 20, it doesn't matter if you have unprotected sex. It doesn't matter if you uh, go to, to to prison, you know, that if you have a or, record or have a fight. Yeah, or definitely have a fight. All of these all of these are just getting points because you know even if you have unprotected sex you can you get a baby you're not worried about dying from no disease because you're more concerned about dying from lead poisoning from a gunshot <laughs> and so with that being the case you know trying to let them know but okay but what if there's a possibility that you can actually survive that you might actually live you know, saying you don't want to be a 36 year old man, no job skills, you know, saying no, no, no high school diploma with with four kids. And no. And, you know, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to put food on the table. And, it's a great honestly, man. Ted, it, you're you're adding no hope to that. No hope. Oh, yeah. No hope. Because there's nothing that's going to happen. So they're giving up. They're done. And they and they're checked out. And when they check out, they make bad decisions. Hey, I want to uh, acknowledge you. You've re recently received some awards. Um, yes. If you'll just share briefly what those awards are and what they were for, just very briefly, because we got to get to the the uh, the rapid fire. Okay. Okay then. Well, actually, um, I actually uh, received the uh, the National Dr. Martin Luther King Award before, but then just recently, I received the uh, Muhammad Ali Award, and uh, you know, and it was such a, a significant, um, you know, and actually, I was nominated by some youth you know, okay. uh, to actually receive that. And so I just thought that I was, it was really an honor. It was, uh, I had to receive it in Atlanta. So you are really a, a perfect example of coming from the bottom. I mean, you made bad choices and you could have stayed there and you decided that something, well, what was <clears throat> that thing that caused you to say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm not doing this loser bill anymore. I'm not doing this stuff that's not helping me. What was it? Uh, well, really, you know what? I had a uh, an experience in a, a courtroom, and, and it was really two separate things. I had an experience in a courtroom where I had given up on everything, and I was looking at time really for something I didn't do. And I, I realized that having nobody from the streets really support me at that exact moment I realized that the worst thing that could ever happen to you is for you to fall in love with something that doesn't love you back. And mm -hmm. that was the message that after I received that, I wanted to get that out to everybody that I possibly could reach. Meaning that even if you don't remember, my name is Dr. Ted or Crazy Ted or whatever, we just remember that message that the worst thing that could ever happen to you is for you to love something that has absolutely no love for you and your life and your well-being. And I think that that was one of the messages that I had to try to get out. And the other piece was I ended up running in a burning building and saving a young lady and her family, you know, and she was actually on fire. And uh, and I ended up burning my hand doing it. But I'm going to tell you that I, I love that burn that I have actually on my hand. It's, it's, I look at this scar because it reminds me you know, that, you know, you can change what was going to happen. 
and meaning like this little girl and her brother and some of her family members are actually living because I chose not to be a watcher. That's beautiful. And by the way, I love you, Ted. That's why you're on the show. Thank what you. you what, what you're doing is inspiring me, and this is a holiday that I wanted to have you included on this show because your words, your testament, your message, I'm behind it all the way. I wanted to uh, say that you were in the studio with Jorge, doc, uh, DJ Perspective. Right, uh, right. Three or four weeks ago. And you kind of surprised me out of, out of the blue. You started throwing down uh, some poetry, really. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're on the spot, but you seem to be a person that's comfortable with that. So if uh -huh. you want to just take uh, 30 seconds and uh, share what you were doing or saying, <laughs> you're welcome to. All right. I sit back and reminisce about some of my old days. Deep as the abyss in a lot of crazy ways. You see, I didn't used to be the goody two-shoe. I was a yo with my crew, but now I'm new, boo. But when you think about it, we didn't talk about it. Me and my crew back then, we was bout it, bout it. And I really don't know how I even made it this far when I sit back and think it's bizarre. But I guess the Lord must have been checking me. Huh? In fact, the Lord must have been blessing me to allow those bullets to go around me so this G can see another day be. So now it's my job to get back to the community. It's like having diplomatic immunity. This evil world is nothing they can do to me. And Armageddon, you better know it's soon to be. I'm not a rapper talking about a whiff of Sachis or Hirachis. That kind of stuff don't got me. So as I rock, G, go ahead and give God props, G, before I jet, G, just like a jet ski. What? That's beautiful. Bravo. <laughs> you know Thank what? You. Thank you. My son, my son made me, uh, well, I should say I challenged me to learn something called the bottom line. And I'll share it with you in person. I don't want to take up any airtime, but it, <laughs> It has, a, it has an interesting message. And, and I'm gonna, I was going to actually ask you. To well, do it I'm going to I am going to ask uh, I'm going to ask Dr. Ted to get me a little bit more rhythm. So I have some more flow with the bottom. Oh, line. OK, OK, because <laughs> yeah, it's got, it's got a great a message. Swag part with it. Exactly. So I'm going to send it to you and you can work with me on it so I can actually lay it down like it should be with music. OK, so yeah, I'm, I'm here. That. And then I want, uh, of course, for you to invite your leaders next month. Uh, that you are transforming. And why, why Baltimore? I mean, what is it about Baltimore that uh, you stay here, you want to make the difference here? Oh, man. It, you know what? It's, what's so funny is, is that to be in some of the roughest places in Haiti and, and working in Johannesburg and in Zimbabwe and England and Caprini Green and Chicago and L.A. and things, I tell people that I feel Baltimore prepared me for this because what I really saw was that you had a lot of people who were really good people and they were getting caught up because of circumstances around them. And then you have good people that wanted to change, but they didn't know how to do it. They didn't know who to get with it. So we have a lot of good people in Baltimore. They just need some leadership and some help to really, you know, make the change, you know, so that they can really make a difference out here, which is really what they really wanted to do anyway. I agree with you. You know, I say Baltimore has probably more heart than most cities, I think. And, yes. I, think they're, and I think they're tougher than most cities. And, yes, yes. Because yes. we go through some stuff. And I oh, won't yeah. say that it's me personally. I just know that our community goes through some stuff, and we are not about quitting. And we're not about excuses. But what we need to do is we need to channel it to a positive result. And exactly. that's, why, that's why I want to partner with you, Dr. Ted. Oh, yeah, I'm here for you then, too. I'm, I'm, it's, I, I think that it's funny. Before the New Year's, I actually prayed to just be connected with the right people to be able to get this message out on a bigger level and a larger scale. And I think that this is exactly what's happening right now. Well, when you were praying and you were banging on those pans, I was hearing it in my heart. 
All right. Well, we got some uh, we got some rapid fire here. Rapid fire is we ask you a quick question. You give us a quick answer. And we knock out as many as possible. Okay. Okay. Right? Book that changed your so. life. Book that changed your life. What's that? A book that changed your life. Oh yeah, the uh, Art of War. And who's that by? Do you oh. know? Sun Tzu. Thank you, uh, Andrea. What's the song that really gets you jazzed up and moving? Um, Stand by Donnie McCurkin. Mm. Awesome. Who is a uh, who is your favorite artist for laying down really good poetry rhymes? Rakim, Eric B. and Rakim. But Rakim, yes. he's that's the man. He's he's the top of the echelon of rap together for me. Yeah, the Godfather. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, um, your turn, Andre. So when you were a little boy, uh, before you thought that you wouldn't live past twenty one, what did you want to be when you grew up? What was uh, so uh, ironic about that, I really didn't think I would make it. And that's uh, the unfortunate part until later. And so that was, but I actually wanted to be a lawyer when I thought about it. And I actually, you know, it took the LSAT and everything just on my own. I just wanted to see how what I do. Cool. cool. Um, what's, who's someone you wish you could meet that you haven't met? Actually, uh, Rakim, <laughs> so, and we've and we've been close to to each other, the meeting so many different times that it's just you know it's it's really something you know. But I, I would I would definitely say you know uh, Rakim was one, and uh, and and I, you know yeah, that's definitely one. Well, since he's got soul, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I mean, that is the best beat ever, too, man. I know. I love that beat. I love yeah. that beat. And it has been stolen and used so many times by other people. That's the thing that's so funny about it. So um, I am going to make it my mission, since you are partnering with me on Dose of Hope and making Baltimore a better city, I'm going to make it my mission that we do the best we can to make that wish come true. How about that? Man, that's, I, I, I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing. You know, cool. so, and I, well, I we got room for one or two more questions. So Andrea, go ahead. Um, uh, go ahead, Ken. Cause okay. I last, last question, Dr. Ted, last question. Mm -hmm. Uh, what is a quote you live by? Uh, don't be born an original and die a copy. And the other one is your success starts where your comfort zone ends. I was wondering if you're going to reverse and say, don't die a copy and be an original. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrea, take us out with the sponsors. Thank you so much, Ted. You are wonderful. Thank you. Um, yes, again, we want to uh, thank Dr. Ted Sutton and Sutton House and his brother Straff Stafford uh, for working with us with the Keep Smiling movement. So again, our charity of choice is a Keep Smiling movement. So not only do we want to spread a dose of hope with smiles, but we also help about 35 other nonprofits um, with their mission so that we can put great things in the world. Oh, and uh, Ted is showing his book, Temporarily Insane. So Dr. Ted Sutton is the author <laughs> of that. And we want to thank Opus.Finance, soon to be Bees.Social, The Umbrella Syndicate, The Red Carpet Connection, Big Events USA, Perfect Publishing, and um, again, uh, we thank you so much, Voice America Influencers Channel, for having this program now um, in its sixth year. Pretty cool. <laughs> You're on mute, I want to say happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Thank you, Dr. Ted, for being part of this. Be crazy like Ted because the crazy <laughs> ones actually are crazy enough to think they can make a difference 
and yes, tennis proof yes. that you can. So yes. have an amplified day, week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.